This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I am editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist of Mississippi Today. Yeah, my next two guests are men of artistic expression. we got comedian Darren Knight, a.k.a. Southern Mama's ability to elicit laughter, uh, is far beyond the novice level. He has 3.3 million followers on Facebook. He's been named one of the fastest-growing comedians in American history, which I would think that would be in popularity and not in size, but absolutely incredible growth. And I tell you what, if you have not listened to his bits, you have probably missed out on something because you have lived his bits. That's what I love about him. He's fantastic. Of course, he is going to be here to discuss his passion for comedy, rise to fame, and his upcoming performance in Hattiesburg's Hattiesburg Historic Sanger Theater. That'll be on December 10th. It's coming up right around the corner. And we'll have visual artist and jazz trombonist and all-around great human being Lorenzo Gaydon is going to be in studio and joining a little bit, telling us a little bit his expression, um, his ability to express his artist artistries in both silently and audibly. Um, and, of course, or what dreams are made of. He's just incredible. He's just very gifted artist. So we'll dive into his work as well. So and he's got an upcoming... Um, opening as well and we'll talk about that too so anyway great show and like i said with 150 million views online named one of variety magazine's 10 comics to watch in 2018 and a champion of showcasing down home southern logic on topics including tax returns high school football and dating i'd like to welcome munford alabama native comedian darren knight aka southern mom of the show darren i'm, I'm completely pumped that you're on i, I just uh, am really thrilled to get to meet you well, that that what an intro! I mean, I'm thank you. I didn't even uh, take a breath the whole time. It was just you, you've been doing it. You've been doing this a while, haven't you? Uh, no, nah, I'm a cartoonist, man. So I mean, I've oh, just I, you know, I just kind of popped into it. But um, God, well, what a you got a, you, Listen, you, you you got a you got a great spot for radio. If you ever decide to dive in all the way, you got it because you're doing you're you're. you're Thank you. Oh, well, you're oh, welcome. Thanks for me on. Oh no, this is this is really fun. Like I said, I was I lived your carpool skit this morning uh, driving my kid. I was just laughing all the way because I was literally checking the boxes on your whole routine. Uh, yeah, just stuff that we can all relate to. It's just stuff that we all heard growing up, and stuff that we still say to the kids in our family today. I'm just glad that uh, other people could relate could relate to these uh, these antics that we all know is common everyday life. Well, I always tell folks, I mean, if, if there's not a grain of truth to it, it's usually not funny. You know, and that's I, that, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, just uh, if you can sit back and laugh at, at yourself and, 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 and everyday things, then I think, you know, and these are stuff that we've, you know, heard growing up, stuff that we still say to the kids in our family today. I'm just, like I've said before, I'm just glad that others could, you know, could relate to the material. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a really wild ride. I got to tell you this, uh, walked in this morning, I ran into our chief operating officer, her name's Anna, uh, love Anna, and I mentioned you were going to be on there, and she completely fangirled. 
Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was just really fun. And so, and well, of course, it is fun. It is fun meeting the, uh, the fans and stuff. And um, you know, this just all happened so fast, and now we're almost. Uh, well, we're about seven, well, we're seven years in now, almost eight years of, of touring, and so it's. Um, it's just really fun, and uh, and getting to meet the folks is, is always the best part. Yeah, and that, I, I was about to say, I was going to ask, and congratulations on the, the tour. The uh, the Southern Mama Tour has done really well this year, and, of course, you'll be down in Hattiesburg coming up on the 10th, and that's pretty – you're going to love the Sanger Theater, by the way. It's a really great venue. Yes, I'm aware. This is the third time there. And okay, a, you are aware. Yes, I am. It's a very nice venue, and I love doing the historic theaters. That's the, Those are my favorite uh, – some of my favorite menus. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're really excited to get back down there. Yeah, I was watching. I watched the um, documentary on you, and you were talking about that. And I was like, yeah, I guess that would be kind of cool to get to be able to perform on stages that really incredibly famous people before you have been able to do. Yeah, you know, we've been some really neat places. We, you know, we done the ramen one time, and um, it, it it's a weird feeling. You know, you have it's like it's almost like a, you're a freshman in high school. It's like almost if you, the spirit. Uh, the ghost before you that performed there, they're looking at you like, you know, don't mess us up, kids. So <laughs> it was fun. That's kind of cool. And Munford, Alabama is a really neat place. And, and for folks that may not be aware of where it is, if you're going to Atlanta, you get off at the Oxford exit and hang a right um, and go past the Chick-fil-A and the, and the Liquor King. And and then it's on down a few miles on that. And wasn't it like the last battle of the Civil War, too? I mean, it's got a lot of history there. And, uh, I'm originally from Southside, this little Riverside community in Gadsden. Oh, that's I right. Here, I moved down here in 17, but um, but yeah, from what I understand, something about the Civil War, I don't know. But <laughs> I do love history, and I tell you, I, I bought I bought an old uh, an old plantation home down here. It still be 175 next year, and uh, it's the Jemison Plantation, and it's just uh, it's a really it's older older area, you know, kind of quiet, and that's what I like. I like. Yeah. Being off the, you know, being able to pee off the front porch and see the cows at the same time. <laughs> Are the cows watching you pee off the front porch too? Yeah, on that. Definitely. On... Well, the more the merrier. <laughs> the more the merrier. Darren, I, you know, I mean, this happened so fast for you, and it was so incredible. I mean, God bless the the power of Facebook and the internet, because I mean. You you posted that that first video and and Southern Mama picking up the kids from school and that thing just went viral just like crazy, but I mean, a lot of people post things that sometimes they'll go viral and everything. But you managed you got a really important phone call from from your business partner now that really kind of set things in motion. Tell us a little bit about how all that happened. Well, now you know it's just uh, we just have I just happened to strike when the iron was hot. Yeah, you know I mean because when I when I first did this. You know, it was shortly after Facebook started counting videos, they, views. They used to not do that. I don't know if you remember that, but they used to not, you know, keep up with how many. I think that stimulated a lot of people to look, oh, God, this has got so many views. And, of course, if it's something relatable and funny, uh, the people would, you know, wouldn't watch it. But um, um, I, uh, I'd be damned. I just found my keys. I've been looking for my keys the whole time I've been on the phone with you. But anyway, uh, it happened so fast. I'm just going to tell you. And, you know, a lot of comedians out there, they've had to go beat the streets and, um, uh, you know, go into clubs. And all and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me back up real quick. I think the Lord's got a plan for everybody. And I, I, even if even if Facebook wasn't around and I was in a covered wagon going from town to town, I think that this was meant to be in my future, no matter, regardless of how it happened. But now, at today's day and time, social media skyrocketed. And instead of having to be at those clubs and beating the streets and doing shows for free just for a steak dinner until I was recognized, I kind of got catapulted, so to speak, to the top. And it's been... You know, it's been great. I mean, I don't know, you know, 
It's very, it's very much an honor, though. Yeah, I think time is a, time's a very important thing to people. It should be, and it is to me. And for people to spend that time with me at the show, it's just, it's, it's I'm glad to enjoy it. No, I, I mean that's one thing I love about you is the fact that you do value. You realize that they're you know they're spending their hard earned money. They're coming to see you, and, and you do put on an incredible show. And when you first started out, you had like fifteen minutes of of material, and then you would do question and answer, and and you you really kind of set up a really great thing. And you start out like in venues of a hundred people maybe, and then suddenly you were in twenty five hundred. You know, just almost overnight. It's amazing how fast it grew. It, it is, you know, and my and you mentioned, you know, my my business partner John reached out to me. You know, I didn't. We were we were starting to get a lot of followers, and I remember, you know, it was it was weird how this all happened. I had just a friend of mine was like, "You need to get into stand up. You need to try stand up. You need to get into it." I think it's going. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I do little videos. I don't know about no stand up. And let me tell you, I, I did. I probably had about ten, twelve shows under my belt that I had done before this happened, and I still had a lot of growing growing to do, you know, and um. But let me tell you, I knew that it was taking off when, uh, before men, when John reached out to me and I signed it with, you know, with Bang, um, I just remember doing this show one time. And then when I left, people started to line up around the building. They, they needed to stay for the rest of the show, which I felt bad for the other comedians. But I knew then that it was, I was like, holy moly, you know, this is different. But John and Bang, they really helped me, you know, with it getting, you know, reaching out and, 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 and growing the fan base. And it's just, you know, it's great, but it's not for everybody. I think that's an important thing to know, too, is because you have so many people now that are getting, you know, these videos and they're getting, you know, famous or whatever you want to call it. But then when it comes to getting on stage and actually doing it, you know, they're they're, they're not funny. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be an artist out here and, and, and beat up other artists, but guess what? Uh, I can call myself a carpenter all day, but when I go out there to build a house, it ends up looking like, you know, something that you just get trapped and die in. You know, that's not... <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, yeah. I, I shouldn't be calling myself a carpenter. And there's a lot of people out there that are that are making it big on social media that has no business calling themselves people of uh, of entertainment because they're not. And and I, I, we got you know the number one question to people kids right now, eighty percent of kids, the number one question when asked what they want to be when they grow up is a social media influencer. Wow. And it's it's important. You know, they're, 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 you know, we got too many kids that want to work in the office instead of build it. We need to get back to, you know, to doing the, you know, the, the plumbers and the, 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 the real, the real heroes, you know, uh, the builders and all that stuff. But uh, it, social media, it's been wonderful for me. It's been wonderful, and and I'll ride as long as it'll, it'll let me go. But there's other important things out there in the world, and I'm honored those out there that get up at five o'clock in the morning to come out to shows keep me doing what I'm doing. Definitely, definitely on that. Of course, you know, if you didn't have folks that did that and you didn't grow up you know being around that kind of love and about that kind of material you probably wouldn't have a routine either so i mean it was important for you to grow up in the south and for you to have the mom and grandmom you had and and the situation you had growing up and then doing the jobs you did you wouldn't be half as funny as you are today because you you were able to soak all that up we had to learn learn hard baby we had to learn fast you know (laughs) mama didn't take take no crap and uh but you know it was you know, people just, you know, they raise their kids differently. And, and, and my mom, she was, you know, I was a child of divorce. Yeah. So I raised a lot of, you know, kids growing up today and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, we had the two moms and the two dads. and uh, But both sides, you know, backed each other up. That was one thing they agreed on, even though we were a, a, a children, child of divorce. Was, uh, you know, me and my siblings, we still had to follow the rules. Right. And mom, you know, we lived with her most of the time. But she, just because she was a female didn't mean she couldn't. Snatch us up, snatch us around, and she did, she did several times. 
Well, I mean, you talk about John, and of course, y'all y'all have kind of worked together now, and you've got several other comedians that actually now go out on the road with you, and that's one thing I really like about you. You're not only doing it out there for yourself, but you're helping other people along the way, too. Absolutely. I mean, we've been, uh, you know, I got Gary Cargill, uh, Jonna Robertson, they're two other comedians that we've been together for quite some time now, and uh, they, they, they've really done good, and uh, they went from riding coattails to... Uh, we're all hanging on each other's coats together because they've grown quite the following themselves. We have scooped up, uh, we've started adding a DJ to our show, which we have noticed now that a lot of other acts on the road are doing the same thing. This creates some excitement before the comedians even come out. This venue time to get drinks out, get, you know, get the tabs established, uh, get people seated, you know, and it helps, it, it helps everybody really. And, uh, and it puts Dank to work. He's a great DJ, him and Slim both. And, um, but it's a lot of fun, and it creates a little bit more enthusiasm. You know, a lot of people that come out to these southern, uh, these comedy shows, and I say southern-based, you know, uh, not to put myself in the same category as royalty such as this, but Ron Watt and Jeff Foxworthy and Larry, those guys have been doing it a long time. You know, they got to get on cable TV, good for them. But they're great guys, and they bring a large following. But a lot of our fans, being that the southern-rooted, a lot of these people have never even been to a comedy show. A lot of these people have never even been to a live show. I know. I've talked to them. They tell me that at the meeting room. Wow. Yeah. And so to get these people out of their comfort zone, to get them out of that living room, to get them over there to, you know, what, you know, them getting kicked back, listening to their favorite song, having a little cocktail, and then it's a lot of fun. And yes, we've scooped up other acts and put them on Bank, signed up with Bank Productions and, and, and got their videos uh, going and helped them out. And it's just, it's really, listen, if people are smiling and happy, then we're, then we're good. Yeah, and I tell you, I mean, it, over the last two or three years, I mean, if you can get people smiling and happy, then you're really providing a very important service. But how did you get through the pandemic? Because that was tough for, you know, and I do a lot of speaking, too. So I was like, I really miss being on stage and talking to people and the energy and everything else. But, I mean, how did you manage to make that transition uh, from going out on the stage to not being on the stage to being back on the stage again? Well, that's a great question. Um, so... Uh, we stayed home for, uh, which I would imagine like most of us entertainers did, nine, eight, nine months, I think it was. So uh, I mentioned earlier that I, I bought the plantation home back in 2017 here in the Munford area. And so the reason I bought that is because I, I thought the house should go to like a big family. I don't have a wife and kids or none of that stuff. But I, I also thought, wondered too, that I didn't know how long this comedy thing was going to last. I didn't know if I was going to be a one-hit wonder or what. So I wanted to invest in something that would make me money. So I bought the home, and we do weddings there. We do. We have a kayaking business that we run. There's a large creek that runs to the property there. So uh, I opened uh, the kayaking business up a month early. We started booking more weddings. But now, as far as going back to the stage, you know, yeah, the transition was great. You know, I don't know how you are, but, like, when I'm off the stage for a while, you know, I, I, I get a little nervous. I get the butterflies. I'm like, ah, it's been a while, you know. But, man, I tell you, it, it seems like those first two shows when I get back on that's when I need to film the HBO special is when, I, when I've been dry for about four or five months, sitting at home playing with the dogs, and then jump back out there because you just feel that energy and you go for it. So the transition back was great. Uh, the time off stage, of course, we missed it. But uh, we, we, we uh, you, you survive, you, over, you overcome and adapt, however they say it. So that's, that's what we had to do. You've done an incredible job staying humble, to be honest with you. I mean, you seriously, uh, the accolades are incredible. The numbers are great. You've, you've got a primarily female audience, too, which I think is fantastic also. Um, but talk a little bit about that. How do you do when you, you go from literally working – 
um, the you know the theft prevention job that you had before all this happened uh, was it Sears or Kmart? I couldn't remember, but it, one of the two. And, and then uh, suddenly you're just literally you're you're standing in front of twenty five hundred to five thousand people, you know, and hearing them laugh and feeling that love and that energy. How how have you been able to stay, Darren? You know, stay yourself. First of all, by the way, uh, you really done your research. You are this is one of the best interviews I've ever had. But uh, actually, you're Thank you. you're right on both. It's uh, it was Sears and Kmart. You know, Kmart bought Sears. Yeah. And so I worked on the healthy side. So I would, you know, I was kind of look called shop but anyway. But yeah, it was both. And so you know, the transition to the stage. You know, I mean, I, I got to If I, I mean, if I'm just being, honest, I mean, if you got to be honest, if you like attention, it works out fine. And I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't want everybody to like look at me, me, me or nothing like that. But if I can provide them something they want to yeah. listen to it, then yeah, I want them to get enjoyment out of it. If you're a shy guy, this ain't this ain't the career for you. So don't even go into it. But but yeah, I mean it was it was really easy so to get into it for me. And I don't, I'm not trying to sound boastful or bragful, but you know I was always outspoken, always Mister Funny Guy. You know, always you know oh loud mouth, most talkative, you know, most funniest in school kind of crap. So I've always been. I've always been a cut up, and um, I just really, I really enjoy it, you know. And so uh, the, the, the transition onto the stage, it was different, but it was fun, and I really liked it. I took to it like a duck to water, and just like a duck, though, that comes challenges with that. Uh, there, you know, there's there's people that some not everybody likes you, you know, and not everybody feels the same way about certain issues that you do. And so uh, instead of one or two people telling you that they disagree with you and they don't like you for whatever reason, you may have more. <laughs> than just two people, you know, when you reach a following of this size. And so getting used to that comes to it. But just like that duck, uh, not only let it roll off your back, but you look calm on top of the water, but underneath be paddling like heck. Yeah, I mean, I would think, number one, I mean, you've got a beast to feed. So, you've, I mean, you've literally got to keep putting out material. You've got to come up with new material all the time. And so, I mean, that is that takes a lot of incredible work. Tell us a little bit about your creative process. When you're sitting there writing, when you're writing your, your, your comedy and so forth, is that something like you get up in the quiet time in the morning and do it, or is it just something that hits you at any given time? Or if somebody says something funny, you're like, ah, there you go. You know, if you hear your mom say something, for instance, you know. All three of those, really. I mean, I'm, when I, I remember when I started doing this, I put out most of my videos. I'd have to get up in the morning to go to work. So I'd get up in the morning, and I would just, you know, shoot you know, shoot one there driving to work or something. And most of the times, it was the first or second take is what I'd go with because anything after that, it seemed a bit too rehearsed. And uh, and, I, and I really enjoy doing it, and, and it just comes to me at any time. Um, if something hits me, you know, I'll do it. A lot of times I'm by myself. Usually I'm, I'm always by myself. And um, uh, it's just. You know, kind of whatever. And, and I had to spike myself up getting the mood. And plus, too, you know, I really enjoy doing the character of Southern Mama. And, and not, Darlene's not going anywhere. We'll still shell out a video here and there. But, you know, you got to keep in mind that most people, when they're a character, even if they bring the character home, you know, and, and stay in that role all the time to, to keep the consist, consistency of that said character, you know, they're only usually doing it four, five, six months, maybe a year, depending on the, you know, length of the movie and whatever yeah i've been this character now for almost seven years that's incredible i don't want to say she's getting monotonous or anything to me because she isn't but um there is a plethora of material to go there and uh but i am having fun with other characters that we're doing and uh and and diving into that but but yeah i mean as far as inspiration on the video oh man i don't i don't think that'll ever leave i mean it's just a uh such a an abundance of 
crazy kooks out there and, and situations that everybody can relate to that uh, she'll always be in existence. Yeah, you could probably mind the comment section, if nothing else. You know, usually people can do <laughs> on that. Right. On that, I, It's great. And, you know, like, for instance, after you leave, you're going to be here, of course, Friday show in, in Hattiesburg Historic Singer Theater. That is on December 10th. It'll be featuring uh, Red Squirrel and Gary. Uh, Cargill ticket will be with you as well. You can get tickets at um, ComedianDarrenKnight.com. So just letting folks know that. You're going to be down in Naples and apparently taking up residency because you're going to be down there for several shows as well. When you do, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm from the South. I grew up in Georgia, and then I've lived in Mississippi forever and lived in Tennessee for a while. And then I lived in San Diego. That was like being on Mars. That was a different planet altogether. And But we would get invited to parties to talk Southern. When Do you primarily work in the South, or are you working all over the country now? Um, but we're, we're, mainly, uh, we're mainly in the Southeast. Yeah. Um, but now, well, yeah, we've done shows uh, – Canada, Connecticut, New Jersey, Nebraska. We've we've been everywhere, and uh, and then uh, but you know uh, mainly we we focus on the southeast. But yeah, we we hear the same things. Oh Lord, y'all y'all sound so country. Oh, I know. I get invited to parties, and they'd like, dude, you sound just like Bill Clinton. And I'd be like, no, I don't. And they're like, well, we have free shrimp. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, Hillary, I lied. I didn't mean to. You know, I mean, it was just like I figured that that scam out pretty quick. Or they'd say, say katsu. Oh God, I love cuts. You know, it's just. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But, but yeah. the thing about your humor is, and I, like I said, even though it's it's stuff, and I think it works for me because it's stuff that I heard my dad, and my mom say, you know, my grandparents say. But there's so much truth to it, even if you didn't hear the, those exact words, and that's what makes it really funny. And then your stand-up routine itself is is wonderful, and as well. Thank you so much. I really enjoy it, and it's just stuff that, you know, we just. You know, I mean, I don't know. It just hits me. When it hits you, it hits you and goes. Yeah. The thing about it is I'm not really the famous one here. It's all these women and all these parents, these moms and dads. And, you know, all I'm doing is mimicking what we're saying and doing. And that's, you know, that's all that is. It's just doing it in a funny format, you know. And all we're doing is laughing at ourselves, really. And some, and most times that can be the best com- com- comedy to me. You know, when I go to a comedy show and, and they're making jokes about, you know, the stuff that – it's stuff that everybody can relate to, man. If you get up there and talk about you, you know, not that I ever have, not that I have one or probably ever will, but you get up there and talk about you, you know, $500 million yacht and stuff, not many people can relate to something <laughs> like that. But if you're up there talking about, you know, just everyday stuff, that's, that's what's funny. Yeah, definitely on that. And, and, and there are actually videos, I mean, like I said, in the documentary on there, you're signing body parts now. So that's like Elvis territory now. Yeah, yeah. That's That's got to yeah. be surreal. It, it, it is, uh, and, and meeting uh, and meeting the folks. I mean, that's oh just, yeah, that's another part that's just you know, I never thought people be lining up just to take a picture with me. I mean, Lord, I you know, but it it, it is uh, it's very flattering, but it's a lot of fun. And 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 like I said, I, I hate to sound cliche, but meeting the people is really uh, the best part. Darren, you do and such a great job at it. Yeah, it's and that's what's been fun watching your career and watching because, like I said, your videos are funny. But seeing you out in public and how much you enjoy it and how much joy that you bring to everybody, that's that's been great. And, folks, y'all can get in on this. It's going to be Friday's show. It's going to be at the Hattiesburg Historic Sanger Theater. That is, of course, December 10th coming up. And you'll be joined with Red Squirrel and Gary Cargill as well. Tickets at ComedianDarrenKnight.com. Uh, you can find out to get tickets as well. Uh, this, this has really been a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I'm a fan just because 
I love not only your your humor and how you've done it, but watching how you've done it. And uh, just props to you for being able to figure out the business side of this too. Well, it's it, it, it's it's been a blast, and I, I'll do it as long as the fans will have me. And uh, and I just can't wait to see everybody. I hope they'll come out to the show and. We're going to cut up and have a good time. So um, any previews or anything you want to – I mean, like I said, we were going to play some of your bits, but we didn't want to steal too much from you. No, you're fine. You play whatever you want to, baby. Hey, I, this, <laughs> cause I, what, listen, what you see on the videos versus what happens on stage is very different. Yeah. Um, we don't um, – you know, we I don't do – I mean, I'll go into character sometimes, but for the most part, it's a whole different experience. And people's like, wow, wasn't expecting that, but I'm, I love that we got what we got. If I stood up there for 45, 50 minutes yelling at invisible kids, it'd get a little redundant. But we're going to touch base on things that we can all relate to and have a dang good time, and I think we'll deliver for sure on that. Well, Darren, congratulations again. Thank you for joining us today. That thank was fantastic. You. Hey, and thank you for your time, and thank you for your new, your radio affiliate and, and for having me on and everything. And I, I just love y'all, and we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see y'all in the same Sometimes That'd be great. Thank you so much. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. You know, right now I'd like to welcome visual artist. Actually, let me give him the full treatment here. He's visual artist, musician, entrepreneur, intellectual. He's a widower, which we'll touch on, and a visionary as well. That's straight from his Twitter feed, but I think it's very true. He's also the owner of the Sanaa Gallery. Um, just incredible, nice guy. He's a member of the Southern Comfort Brass Band as well. Lorenzo Gaden is here in the studio. Lorenzo, good to see you. Good to see you as well. And you're looking sharp today. Thank you. Thank you. So you, you actually tie your bow tie. He's wearing a bow tie, folks. I'm not. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you now have my admiration for life. It, it was one of those um, little hobbies that I got into maybe about five, six years ago. It took you five to six years to learn it? Nah. Okay. It's, it's actually a remarkably similar to tying a shoestring. Okay. It's just getting the knot to look pretty. Yeah. And the, so you do, you do it in the mirror. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I could sit there and do it. Oh, no, the, no, 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 no. So anyway, uh, this is not the direction the interview is going to go. I just had to go ahead and start <laughs> off with that. Congratulations, hey. by the way, on the upcoming holiday open art opening at the gallery. That'll be on December 11th coming up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're off of Ridgewood Wood Road now, aren't you? Yes. I'm actually on Ridgewood. Yeah. Um, if you go uh, good, maybe four or five miles north on Ridgewood. Um, yeah. Up, up on I-55, I- you get yeah. off at the Atkins exit. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right Right about right near. There's a gas station. There used to be... Um, Virginia College. Yeah, Virginia College. That's what um, I was trying to think of. Yeah. 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 And then there's an ortho... I mean, a, a dentist there that takes yes. out wisdom teeth. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, good. Yes. So now we got it exactly located. But guess what? There's a thing called Google. People yes, can yes. find it as well, mm-hmm. too. So, But congratulations. Tell us a little bit about the uh, what's going to be in the opening. Okay. Well, I'm going to be debuting a few new pieces. Nice. Um, primarily, um, I work in um, expressive, um, figurative um, work surrounding jazz, music, etc., so I'll have a few new pieces in that theme. I also do um, figurative work. So there'll be some figurative pieces um, with some um, lady models. Yeah. And um, I have begun as of maybe six months ago to, mm-hmm. to really delve into abstract work. So really? there'll be some some nice abstract pieces, I think. When did you start actually doing visual art? I started doing visual art informally when I was about maybe five. Okay. Uh-huh. But um, professionally, I would say um, maybe, well, my first, follow, my first solo art exhibit was in 2005. Mm-hmm. Okay. And coincidentally, that was where my, um, my wife and I met. 
at oh that is my, very cool well, we didn't meet okay. there but that's where that was kind of the genesis of our relationship so yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. uh for folks who never got to meet her she was a total rock star oh yeah oh yeah very yeah. much so she was pretty amazing so. yes, and we'll, we'll yes. get to her in just a minute yes, on yes. that a little bit um uh-huh. yeah i was it's, i was kind of laughing i was like i guess i started around five or so that's how yeah. mom kept me quiet in church uh-huh yeah, yeah, here's some crayons and papers. Uh-huh. And then she's like, oh, you're good. <laughs> you yeah, can draw. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But you enjoyed it. It was just kind of a fun thing to do. But you got into music also. Yes, yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I began, um, I began, I guess, my journey in music. Um, I guess it would be 1986, which would be when I was in seventh grade. Ooh, that was a long time ago. It was. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's when Top Gun came out. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um and unfortunately, I don't look the same like Tom Cruise does. But um, I know. Well, I'm close he, he's probably had a little work. He's definitely. Had, I well, I don't, I don't. I know. know. I don't we, know. We, we can't we can't be speculating like that. But no, he really does look like he drinks formaldehyde. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he def, definitely does. And but I'm yeah. sure net worth probably um, affects, um, you know, youthful. Appearances. I guess if we both had a billion dollars, I, we could probably. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and some other weirdness, but mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I actually graduated from high school in '86, so okay. yeah, no, I I All don't right. look the same as I did either, hey, so hey. I totally understand on that. But it, you loved it. Um, did, was it one of those things? That, what instrument did you start with? I started with trombone. You start with trombone? Okay. Uh-huh. I didn't want to start with trombone. Yeah. Um So when I was in, um, it was junior high school at the time, Blackburn yeah. Junior High School. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the band director would go around to all the students. Who was your band director? Just um, Alfred Alexander. Okay. Yes. Yes. He's retired. Yeah. Uh, but um, I've heard his name before. Yes, yeah. Yes. yes. Um, taught me a, a whole whole lot. But um, um, he went around and um asked um the students um what instrument did you want to play? And yeah. pretty much everybody got the instrument that they wanted until he got to me. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to play saxophone because I. Had Kind of, you know, been familiar with jazz a little bit, and saxophone is one of the, you know, I guess uh, primary instruments in jazz. Yeah. In terms of soloist, and he was like, "Boy, here," and stuck a trombone in my hand. Really? And um, well, because he needed a, somebody to play trombone, or I guess. Okay. Uh, but considering that I was a little short, round kid. <laughs> Um, and my arms were not long enough to reach all the positions. I was like, okay. But ended up falling in love with it and stuck with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you play, and like I said, I've, I've had three of my kids have been in, have been in the band at some level. And, and so one of them was, um, I guess, the baritone. One of them was the trumpet. And the other one was the French horn. I kind of get how those work because you have little yes. valves and you press buttons and yes. things like that. Trombone, you're, you're literally sliding it. And if you slide it a little bit wrong, you're not getting the right note. That's correct. So I would imagine the middle school years, there was a lot of missed notes. Oh, yeah. There's still a lot of missed notes. Um. Really? Yeah, but I mean, okay, so it's analog, though. But I mean, that's kind yes, of the beauty yes. of it. But yes. I just think it's a fascinating instrument. It really is. Yes, yes, yes. It, um, and like like all instruments have their, their idiosyncrasies and difficulties, but yeah. um, with the trombone, it's basically you're just either you're right or you're somewhere close to right <laughs> yeah. or you're nowhere near right. And then you have partials for each position. Like there are seven positions, and then you have multiple partials for each position. So you have to... You know, and it's the same for most instruments. You know, it's just a matter of kind of figuring it out. And I'm I'm still figuring it out. Um, what is this? 32 years later? No, it's a lot more than that. Ooh, I hate to break it to you. 35? 37? No, it's 37. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean wow. to. 
I know. Well, see, I go back to my high school reunions, and all my friends look like like their parents now. Yeah. So yeah, no, I totally get the thirty seven <laughs> year part. Yes, but you're you're talking about it is so interesting because the part of the brain that makes you a, a good musician and be able to do that, it's I've just seen how it can track over to doing the visual art too. It very much does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, especially with. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's just perfect, leads you perfectly to abstract art. Yes, yes, yes. Because then you're talking value at that point, mm-hmm. and you're being able to create things. And then, and, and that also translates, um, for what I'm told, and more so from the visual art perspective, um, translates well into the medical arts. Really? Um, because, yeah, because, like, the hand-eye coordination yeah. for doing visual art, um, a lot of surgeons um, have a background in art. And, you know, like, being, especially if you're precise, because, like, you know, in in surgery, you have to be precise, but at the same that's time, kind everybody's of anatomy is different. So, yeah, that's true. you know, you get to make those those um, those small adjustments, you know, being trained to do that in art. So, well, yeah. and a lot of times I've make, make making a diagnosis is looking at the facts before you and being able to make connections. Yes. So yes. what you do in art. Yes. So definitely. And that, so you're you're going into brain surgery now. No. Okay. Not Just, at all. See, I was hoping that's where that was going. <laughs> I think you'd be a good one. I wouldn't want to do that because mm-hmm. I had a feeling that my malpractice insurance probably oh, would be yeah. canceled. So yeah. it would be bad. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Jackson. You already touched on, obviously, middle school and how important it was to yes. to go into music. So you were a band kid. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Band nerd. Proud band nerd. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, you did in high school and everything. Where did where did you go from from high school? Um, well, I went to Lanier High School, yeah. and then I ended up um, attending Mississippi State for a while. Did you really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I Music? Went, uh, no, engineering. Really? Yes. Okay. And um, it, it was an ill-advised um, <laughs> academic path. Um, basically, my, my high school counselor and I kind of figured out, like, uh, originally I wanted to be an automotive designer. Yeah. So um, my counselor was like, "Okay, um, automotive, that's mechanical, um, mechanical engineering. Um, You should go to Mississippi State and major in mechanical engineering. And I was like, "Okay," and did it for like maybe three and a half years and hated it, hated it, hated it, because it's it's, it's very um, like engineering um, is just very analytical. It's very um, left brain. Yeah. And, you know, being a more creative type, you know, I guess they say that's more of a right brain endeavor. So, I mean, just trying to learn like all the, the calculus and blah, blah, blah. It was doable, but it was not what I wanted to do. So and I, I ended up finding out that I was on the wrong academic path at an engineering convention in Detroit. Really? Yes. I um, got to converse with some of the uh, representatives from the um, automakers. Um, of course, you know, Detroit a hub for automotive, um, the, the automotive industry in America at the time, at least. Um, and all of them basically told me you're in the wrong major. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, um, automotive design is an art based field. Um, you, you get into that from a, a field called industrial design, which you have to go to a specialized art college to um, major in that. And I was like, okay. Of course, I was heartbroken and kind of had to regroup, ended up leaving Mississippi State. And then I, um, some years later, after a little break, I ended up attending Jackson State University. Ah, congratulations mm-hmm. on being named the, the next head football coach, by the way. <laughs> I know. Sorry, it's too soon. <laughs> hey, I went to Tennessee, Lane Kiffin, I understand. Yeah, That's yeah, a tough thing. Yeah. So, But hey, all the goodness that he did bring, though. <sighs> hmm. 
Yeah. yeah so. Next subject. Uh, next subject. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like I said, too soon. Didn't mean to bring that no, up on no. that. But yeah, no, that's like fine. I said, what'd you study at Jackson State? Great school, by the way. A fine art. Fine okay. art with yeah. a major in music, a minor in music. Sorry. Okay. Who, who did you study under that really made a difference in your life at Jackson State? Ooh. Uh, well, the person who pretty much kind of recruited me there was a gentleman named Anderson Macklin, Dr. Macklin. He was chair of the art department. And unfortunately, he passed right before I enrolled in school. But I had a conversation with him, and um, that conversation, along with um, talking with Dr. Um, London Branch, who was the orchestra director at Jackson State at the time, um, that kind of uh, solidified that that's where I where I needed to go and what I needed to do at that time. So, yeah. so those were two um, pivotal um, influences um, at Jackson State, and there were a number of others, but I would. I would cite those two primarily. Well, when he recruited you, how did he know about your gifts and your talents? Well, he looked at my portfolio. um, I presented it and he was like, um, you know, and and I guess one of the things as an artist and as a musician or as a human being um, that that you wrestle with is, am I good enough at this to do what I want to do? Yeah. And, you know, having the affirmation from him being an established artist and educator um, that I did have a a talent and skill level that that warranted um, further study, um, that that helped a lot. That helped a lot. I I, I mean, I can tell you from my experience, too, it takes Mm -hmm. an awful lot of courage to put your work out there. Yes, yes. Because it's so personal. Yes. You know, it's who you are. Mm -hmm. It takes takes courage to even start because it's like, okay. Um, if I start down this this path on this piece of art, and it looks like crap, um, okay, I sp- I spent how much on this canvas? I spent how much on this paint? I spent how much time? And then as an entrepreneur, it's like okay, time is money, so it's like, yeah. But but you kind of have to get over that and just plunge into it, and usually it works out. Of course, and my theory is I just produce as much as I can, and I figure eventually one yes. piece will be decent. Oh, yes, yes. That's yeah. how it works. That's, That's how, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. rattle it out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of artists, of course, obviously, they produce the work. They have other galleries represent them, or they sell it, and they take a cut. You decided to go ahead and open up a gallery. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the experience with that. Well. And, um, and where did the name come from, too? I love the name. Okay, so um, a former associate of mine um, uh, actually – had some experience with um, Swahili mm-hmm. and su- suggested that um, that name, which is Swahili for work of art, ah. um, be, you know, used for the yeah. name of the gallery. Yeah. Um, I did have an intention to be an African-American art focused gallery. Yeah. Um, and the genesis of the gallery happened in 2008. Um, I had competed for a business grant with I think it was it was the Miller Urban Entrepreneur Series um, that was sponsored by Miller Brewing Company. Yeah. So um, they had like a business plan competition. You had to um, like you had to submit a business plan. If it passed um, the if it if it cut the muster um, of I, that is not the phrase. But anyway, if, if it passes the muster <laughs> of the adjudicators, um, you would have to. Uh, traveled to Chicago. We had to travel to Chicago and present the plan in person to a panel of business experts. Yeah. And that was an experience in and of itself. Uh, the, the business experts 
tore everybody's plan apart. And there were a few people that that had gone in and came out in tears. So I'm like, okay, what in the heck are they doing here? So, um, and and the I, I believe the competition was for people 35 and younger, and some of the people were a bit younger. I was pushing the the top of the limit. I think I may have been I may have been like 32 or 33. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been through stuff before. So I went in, and it was brutal. But very helpful. Yeah. You know, and and I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, critique is a good thing. You know, you grow from it. So they tore it apart. They knew all the numbers that I pulled out my backside. (laughs) And, you know, they were like, so this number here, um, how did you come up with this number? And I was like, well, it's a business plan proposal. So that's what I proposed that I might be able to. There's no way that you can generate blah 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 blah, and they, they were telling me why some of the numbers were were um, not feasible. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So actually, that helped me to adjust my plan, um, and I ended up being a first runner up. There, were, I think there were like um, maybe four or five first runner ups. Yeah. Um, so I think it resulted in either a ten or a fifteen thousand grant, fifteen thousand dollar grant. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So. And an, and you got basically a business education out yes, of it, too. Yes. Yeah. And the advice was given to open a, a gallery in Fondren because one of the adjudicators had experience um, visiting here. Yeah. Um, oh. He was the, I believe, editor-in-chief of Black Enterprise, and he had done some some work here. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you, you might want to, you know, invest in a location that's high profile, that's in a place where people go to purchase art. Well, the other thing that happened in 2008 was the housing market crash. And, yeah, you know, the, and the world economy nearly froze up. Yeah, and, yeah. and people who buy stopped buying art, art. stop buying art. So that was very short-lived. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up regrouping, um, opened in a location for about a year. That didn't really work out. And then I ended up in the location I'm in now. And my business partner and I have been there for... 11 and a half years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a kid. Once they make it to 11 and a half, you feel like you're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I take that back. I've got one that's 22 and I still worry about them. So, hey, yeah. I still worry about that business, but um, Definitely. It's, 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 it's doing reasonably well. But that's, but that's another thing about you. I mean, you're very resilient. Obviously. Have to be. You have to be. Yes. yes. Yeah, definitely on that. Uh, talk about your life as a member of the Southern Comfort Brass Band. Well, um, we began in the year 2010. I'm one of the original members. Um, I actually um, came up with the name of the group. So um, the way we started, I believe that there was a, I, I think it was a Jackson Free, Pe- Free Press um, Best of Jackson party. Yeah. Um, and it was in February and they wanted to have like a Mardi Gras theme. So um, a musician friend of mine was was called to assemble a group of musicians to have a second line style um, band. Mm-hmm. I was one of the musicians that was called. Um, we did it. Um, it felt good. Got a good response. And uh, some of us were like, OK, um, this was fun. Maybe this could be a thing. So um, we got together, just started practicing and putting together a repertoire. And as they say, the rest is history. Like we um, went to some open mics. Um, 
think the thing that really kind of got us on the map is we sort of bum rushed um, the at the time the Zippity Dude Parade. Yeah, um, that the uh, Sweet Potato Queens had you know started when they you know yeah during that separation yeah. period. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when they had the inaugural parade, we figured that there would be that we figured there would be some media presence there and there will be a bunch of eyes. So we were like, um we came at the last minute and we're like, hey, could we march in the parade? And they were like, uh sure. Just yeah. fill out this form to, you know, um I guess it was like a um a release. Yeah. yeah. A release. So to make sure you know you're not gonna sue them or anything. Yeah. 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 And and it worked out well. You didn't have to sue them. Yeah. They didn't have to sue us. That uh-huh. worked out great. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I love when y'all are at Pepsi Pops. I mean, yes, it's just yes. it's just you come marching in, you just uh-huh. do the procession, you go around, and you got your your kind of beat up instruments, yeah. and it's just so much fun. It really is. Well, the, the most beat up instrument was the sousaphone. Yes, but the sousaphone is, has gotten a newer sousaphone that's Uh-oh. not nearly as oh. beat up. As the-, <laughs> <Yeah>. the other <laughs> one looked like it. Speaking of a middle school band instruments, it yeah. kind of did look a little bit like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like about a 50-year-old. It, yeah. it probably was. Yeah, it probably was. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Kiwana, and she's been on the show. She yes. was a warrior, your late wife, yes, and yes. just absolutely was the kind of person that when she walked into the room, it lit it up. She yes, just was yes. amazing. And, yes. and I'm so sorry. She passed away from breast cancer. I guess, was it 2018 now? Yes. It was July of 2018. Yeah. You yes. know, you know exactly oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. a little bit. How are you doing? I mean, that's, that, that's hard. It, I mean, just. It is, but I'm doing well. Yeah. Yeah. You've lost a hundred pounds, by the way, too. I must say. A hundred and two. Okay. of yesterday. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Actually, a hundred, no, a hundred and five. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think my my highest recorded weight was three oh three. Wow. Yeah, and I'm five foot eight, which is not a good so combination. I would imagine that watching her with her health struggles probably inspired you to take better care of your own health. Well, so just a little backstory on on that, um, which is. Part of the reason that the whole cancer thing was a surprise, yeah. um, we were, you know, trying to conceive and were told by the fertility experts that both of us could stand to u- lose a few pounds to increase our odds because uh, we were, yeah. what, I, be, I believe we were in mid 30s, so mm-hmm. like maybe 35, 34, 35, something yeah. like that. So, um, you know, my sperm count was a little low. She had some problems with, um, you know, her parts and whatnot. So we both um, got in better shape. Yeah. Um, I got in just enough shape to get my count up. Um, hopefully that's not a taboo subject here. But No, um, that's fine. Okay. So, um, and unfortunately, we, we were not able to make that happen. But um, I lost just enough weight to get my count up. She took it far more seriously, ended up running half marathons, yeah. you know, just really, really got in tip top shape, uh, which is why it was such a surprise when, you know, that diagnosis came down. But yeah. she she had um, she had a a a history of of that disease in her family, like yeah. her grandmother had passed from it. Um, she had a very close first cousin that had passed from it. She had numerous other relatives. I think we had counted maybe 22 people in her family that had that disease. So there was definitely a genetic component for her. 
Um, and unfortunately, she succumbed to it. Uh, but she put up a valiant um, oh, battle against it. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. We, we got about, I don't know, about 45 seconds or so. Tell us a little bit about how the can find out what to expect from the art opening and how they can find out more information. Well, you can go to my website, which is um, Sanaa, S-A-N-A-A, galleries, G-A-L-L-E-R-I-E-S dot com. Um, or you can go to my Facebook page, Sanaa Gallery. Yeah. Um, it, the, the Both will take you to the same place. Um, and there'll be inf- there's information there. Um, you can expect to see some cool artwork to hang with some cool people mm-hmm. um, and get some refreshments, get a little holiday cheer. Oh, that's, yeah. and when we need that right now. Yes. And I've enjoyed this. We need to, Jermaine, let's get him back on the show. Yeah, so you're back in. We need we need to have you back. Anytime. On. This was so much fun. Pleasure. Thank you. And time just flew. It yes. did. Yes. So we're not going to really talk to ten o'clock tonight. Like I had made. I said yeah, we're going to talk till ten, and he's like, it's uh, ten thirty. That's going to be a long interview. I was yeah. like, oh no no no, I can't Believe read. Me, I can ramble. That's great. Well, so can I. We work well together. Anyway, yes. this was a treat. Anyway, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to thank you for listening to us, and thank our guests, of course, comedian Darren Knight, aka Southern Mommy, and of course, artist and musician Lorenzo Gaden for joining us here today. Day. And if you'd like to join, uh, hear the show again or on any past episodes, you can listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or MPB Public Media app. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by the incredible, wonderful Jermaine Flood. And join us next week at 10 a.m. for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Oh,